When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this week's episode of the Baseball Together Podcast, Baseball Family. This week, we have Shohei Otani doing some Little League stuff. We have a Cub busted for meth, and we're going to go through the Indians' Mount Rushmore. Next. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together Podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now baseball together welcome to this week's episode of the baseball together podcast baseball family i am brad and as always to my right i have brig hi grabby <laughs> <laughs> i've been wanting to say that for more weeks i <laughs> uh, should have done it in my little rascal's voice sorry okay go ahead <laughs> i'm here <laughs> there you go all right briggs here to some degree but let's get Woo. started brig let's uh we like i said we got a lot going on we got some current events that we're going to get into the indians mount rushmore this week yes um let's start off with shohei otani of the la or anaheim angels whichever you prefer <laughs> of the geographically nondescript angels that's right <laughs> so shohei otani is doing some little league stuff like i said he he was batting leadoff this weekend while also pitching. And yep. how's this? He went two for two with five strikeouts. <laughs> this is the magic of spring training, my friend. <laughs> well, he he says he wants to do it. He doesn't want him to DH for him. Well, we know what player wants than what owner and manager mm-hmm. decide is best. <laughs> I know. It's true. Well, And I'm curious. I'm really curious. If that's something, like, if you can, if they could DH for somebody in the lineup who happens to be um, maybe an offensive liability. Right. And then make, like, some kind of double switch when Otani's done pitching. And then make move him from pitcher to DH. And then take out that DH and put in, say, say that it's, uh, say that it's the catcher who I don't know who's catching for the for the Angels right now, but let's say that he's their offensive liability. They DH for him, bring in Otani, and or make the switch to Otani as DH, and then uh, bring in a different catcher. You know? Yeah. Would that make sense? I wonder if that would work. Um, I don't know. Because I know that if you put your DH in the field. Then you lose it. You lose the you DH lose for the it. game. Yeah, that's right. So but, I wonder if they made a switch where they moved the pitcher to DH. You know? I don't. I don't know why that wouldn't work. I don't. I think our problem is we've never even heard of it. Yeah, that. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> this is the first time. But since you know what? Babe Ruth, anybody to consider this? So. <laughs> and the DH wasn't even around then, was it? No. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder. If if that could work, and to be honest, if anybody's gonna try it, it's gonna be Joe Madden. Oh yeah, that's, I was just gonna say the same thing. It's <laughs> Mad Dog Madden. He's the guy who's... that we're gonna call him that now. We should. I think we should. Mad Dog Madden. It's official. 
But if anybody's going to understand the legalese of the Major League Baseball rule book, it's going to be him. Because yeah. he's always pushing the limits anyway. Right, and that and that's the thing is he'll get creative and he'll find a way to make magic happen. And people will say, now, hold on, wait a minute. You mean you're going to put all your infielders on one side of the infield? <laughs> he's going to say, yes, <laughs> yes, we are. Well, you can't do that. Well, says says who? <laughs> just did. <laughs> I just did. And guess what? Your... It's been working for almost 20 years. <laughs> I forced your power hitter to bunt down the third baseline and said, hit over the fence. Yeah, get over I it. win. Yeah, I win. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he yeah, will. No, that's some, I do think I think that's something to keep an eye on, though. Mm. See, how they, see how they handle Otani because he says he wants to hit more and – I th- I don't think he would have signed with the Angels if uh, if that wasn't something they had talked about beforehand. Well, and not only that, but with the advent of this new opener thing we've been seeing all last season, this is just another great way to do that. Maybe he only comes in for two innings uh, on the mound, and that's perfect application. I don't know. That's a pretty cool idea, though. It could be. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that because you got a guy with Tommy John surgery twice now. Exactly. He's um, not going to have a lot, but he's what he's got is awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. He's 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 still got it. That's for sure. But yeah, you definitely don't want to overwork him. I don't feel like he's a guy you want to be your starter anymore for that reason. Right. But put him in an opener so, spot and going to do this double switch mm-hmm. thing could be pretty cool. I don't know. Joe yeah. Madden will find a way for sure. He will find a way for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's stay in the L.A. metro area <laughs> LA. and let's talk about Trevor Bauer a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Trevor Bauer thinks the increase in the workload from last year to this year will be a problem for pitchers. And what he means by that is going from a year where there was only 60 games to a year where you have the full 162. Um, it's funny that he's saying this because was it last year or two years ago he was wanting to go on four days rest? Yeah. But that, So of but... all the people to – Go ahead. Well, they were in playoff contention then, and he was throwing rocket fire, right? Like, there was nothing. He was unstoppable. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, this is my thing with Trevor Bauer, though, is that he's been he's been like known as one of the hardest-working pitchers in Major League Baseball. Um, not only that, but he's had, you know, kind of his – his progressive and, and I guess liberal views on his workouts and things that he does to get ready for games. Mm-hmm. And he felt like he could go on four days rest. Was that because he was trying to increase his value? Was he trying to maximize his numbers for mm-hmm. when his, his big payday came up? And now that he's gotten paid, he's like, well, I think mm-hmm. every six days would be best. Mm. Interesting. No, that's a good perspective, Brad. And I think there's probably a whole lot to that. Um, Yeah, that's, that's a, really great insight i hadn't thought about it that way i just my initial reaction to this statement uh, that he made was there goes there's the old trevor bauer (laughs) right there's the one there's the (laughs) one we were annoyed with before we thought that maybe he's right you know yeah Yeah, i don't know and you know the mariners are actually going to a six-man rotation um Hmm. i think they did it a little bit last year i don't remember off the top of my head but i know they're doing it this year and i i'm I think that's part of it is because mm. of the increased workload, you know, going, like I said, a hundred extra games, giving those guys some time off. But also I think for them, it's travel as well. Um, it's something that Jerry DePoto has toyed with the idea of over the last few years that yeah. 
you know, give those starters an extra day off, and that helps with the travel load. So I, I don't know if that's something we're going to see more of across the league or or what we're going to see. But Again, uh, goes to back about. to the opener thing, right? Like there's yes. more creativity yes. in the lineup and the starting rotation and middle relief and closing. And, I mean, the entire way we're watching pitching evolve is we're like we're right in the middle of it right now. Yeah, yeah. Because – they're really trying to to save those pitches. They're trying to save guys from going six, seven innings. Um, yeah. And you know there are days where, you know, I I saw it when I was covering college when I was when we were in school and I was covering uh, covering NCAA baseball that those that college college baseball teams will go with a full bullpen day where it's yeah you have your bullpen come out everybody pitches one to two innings right and. Yeah. It's not something you saw with Major League Baseball, but I've seen, but I've seen teams do it, mm-hmm. especially in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure in the right. playoffs. Yeah, and that's so part of why the three. What's that? I was going to say, I wonder if that's part of the reason they're going with openers a lot more, so that they don't have to go with the bullpen day. That makes sense, but then you add the three the three batter minimum. Right, and I think you just plan on guys going the full inning as much as they can. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But if it can only be one or two, so will we ever get away from starters, Brad? That's the question. I don't think we will because there are guys who you just want to try to go seven or eight innings. I mean, I if I was a Yankee fan, I wouldn't want to see somebody come in for one or two innings and then have Garrett Cole come in in the third and risk having risking being behind. No. 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 I would want Garrett Cole to come in from the first. Right. Announce his presence with authority and intimidate that that lineup from the very beginning, from the get go. Right. So then the next implied question is: Will we see that starting pitching, uh, like length diminish? Will we go from so it used to be starters pitch the whole game, and then right they yeah. pitched to seven, eight, and then they pitched. You know, now we're looking at four. Five even, you know, and if you pitch all the way through five, that's like, that's the magic number to get your win. But it's also, Mm -hmm. we're dropping below that sometimes often actually. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not uncommon to see a pitcher go four and two thirds. Exactly. So do you You think, because a lot of the analytics go ahead. Do you think it's going to go below that? Are we going to see, are we going to hit a new stabilizing point at four or at three and change no i don't think we will because the reason they're going to four and two thirds and and five is because they don't want a pitcher to be seen the third time through the order right because that's the issue is that they're having these the analytics are saying third time through the order is when the offense really catches up to him catches up to a guy regardless of what he's doing that's why blake snell got pulled out in the world series for sure because yes. he's coming up on the third time through the order. And and so there are some guys who can go through that, that third time, that they own somebody. But, like, I've heard guys talk about Manny Ramirez who are like, yeah, he'll let you get him twice, but you're not going to get him a third time. And there's a lot of hitters in the league right now who are like that. So then you know? what's to stop teams? And this is not going to be in the next year or two. But what's to stop teams right. in the next 10 or so? to get away from starters entirely. So we're already seeing, you're saying the Mariners want to go to a six man rotation. That's a departure of mm-hmm. some of sorts. 
right? We've seen right. the opener. That's a departure. We've seen all these things have have been changing. What if we're in this generational flux where teams are trying to get coy, right? And they're trying to play and find a new sweet spot. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that in the next 10, 12, 15 years, we see a team at least once at least experiment with two inning maximums through the whole game. Three, maybe. Just have a staff full of relievers. Just an entire, just the whole thing is the bullpen. That's the whole strategy changes to more specialized pitching. That's all they do. They're great at that two, maybe a third pitch. And and that's their whole thing. And they come in, you know, they face their minimum. They And then they're out and they rotate it out. Okay. And I, and I could see somebody trying to do that. The only problem is numbers. So you've mm-hmm. got if you're if you've got everybody going two innings, that's four, five, maybe six pitchers tops, right? Sure. Per game. So you think about your let's see, you've got a twenty six man roster now. And if you have fourteen of those guys as pitchers, you're going you're burning through everybody in two days. Yeah. But it's every this other day. This is why day. I don't think you can do that. Yeah, but it's still yeah. every other yeah. day and you're only pitching you know, 50, 60 pitches max. Right. And so you could go every other day, but the you problem could. you see with that too, though, is that if you have a weekend series, say Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that means that everybody you saw on Friday, you know, you're going to see on Sunday. Right. Yeah. And so it's, it comes to that third time through the order really fast. Like you see, you see teams with, a setup man, say a setup man who comes in seventh, eighth inning. Yep. And by the end of a weekend, if he's pitched Friday, Saturday, by the time you get to Sunday, you're not really sure how he's going to do because it's that third time through the order potentially. We've seen, we saw that in New York last year and the year before with Adam Ottavino. And he's a perfect example of getting chewed up right as a setup guy. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. That's, that's why I don't think that that's something we're going to see mm-hmm. because you have to have different looks that you're going to throw teams throughout the course of a series, uh, not just in the regular season, but especially in the postseason. Like we saw it with the Astros a couple years ago. Yeah. Right. Against the, uh, against the Nats. I can't remember off the top of my head who it was the reliever, but he had been pretty good. He'd been really good, pretty good. And then not good. Right. <laughs> were, the, right. were like his, his last three appearances in the postseason because they because AJ Hinch threw him at the Nats so much. Finally, they were just like, okay, we know what's coming. We know what this guy has. Right. And they shelled him and ended up coming back and winning the game. Well, now I'm not saying it's so. a good idea, Brad. I'm just saying I can no, see I know. somebody <laughs> playing with it. <laughs> it's just a trend. There's a growing yeah. trend of of departure from tradition here. And I just wonder how long it'll continue. That I guess that's all thought experiment, if nothing yeah, else. Yeah, and I guess what my argument really is that you've got to have guys who can go four or five innings just so you're not chewing up your bullpen every couple of days. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I agree that's with what you. it really comes down to. Yeah. But. that's It's just kind of fun to think about things like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the evolution of the game. Yeah. Okay. But let's, let's move on to the Cubs here. Let's talk <laughs> about the Cubs for just a minute. So we got a minor leaguer, Jesus Camargo. Uh, was busted in Colorado, not even down here in Arizona, where the Cubs are having their spring training. Uh, get ready for this. 21 pounds of meth, 1.2 pounds of oxycodone, 
<laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of drugs. That's a lot of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with 21 pounds of meth? My gosh. And this is the thing, too, is that this... So the article I read called him a prospect, and I don't feel like you're really going to call a minor league scrub a prospect. No, right? I've never heard of him, list. to be honest, and I don't know, <laughs> and I don't know why he was in Colorado instead of Arizona. But I don't think he's going to be with the Cubs anytime soon, if ever. <laughs> oh, that's a pretty good, pretty good indication there, my friend. <laughs> pretty good guess. <laughs> I mean, twenty-one pounds of meth will do a lot of things to a career, but they're not positive. No, never, except for a drug test. Unless you get busted. No. Yeah, except for a drug <laughs> test. <laughs> you pop hot in Operation Golden Flow, you're going to have a problem. That is positive. That's a positive test. You're right. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. That's what we called it in the that Army. That might be the best line I've ever heard. I've never heard that before. <laughs> yes, sir. That's so funny. That's what we called it. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's it was good. it was always a but, surprise. You never knew when they were gonna <laughs> gonna run Operation <laughs> Golden Fluff. You show up that day, you're like, oh, <laughs> all right. Well, he's got gloves on. I know what that means. <laughs> there you go. But Brig, actually, this actually brought up a, a point, like a question for me. Like, do you feel like this might this could potentially be a problem in in MLB? Like, is he like the guy who went? To, maybe he went up to Colorado to get this stuff and bring it back down to Arizona for the team to get through spring training like is MLB testing for meth? Should they be? Well, we know historically we know that MLB has tested for amphetamines because it is you have to get a yeah. special you have to get a special per uh I don't know, doctor's note. You gotta get a doctor's note for yeah. Adderall and Vyvanse and those some of the other amphetamine based uh, ADD meds, but you also mm-hmm. have to have a specified condition, pre-existing condition, in order to qualify for it. So, yes, I that mm-hmm. to me that says they are testing for it, right? What would they not be? It, it makes sense, and to and to me, it seems like a super data test for it anyway. Yes. Even if you have, <laughs> even if you are allowed to take Adderall, if you know if they weren't testing specifically for that, it would be like, well, let's test for Adderall, or let's not test for Adderall. We know guys are using that, and that's fine. But maybe let's test for meth because they're not going to probably show up the same on a drug test. You know? Do they? I I thought they would. I think that anything in the amphetamine class, family, maybe I don't know. Maybe. I pops the same they might just be different enough but that's just me that's a uh, chemistry brain uh, <laughs> different uh, molecule <laughs> combination listen i'll tell you though um it it depends on the the screening they're doing as well because if it's just a standard five panel screening it's going to be different they have others that are much much more robust and test for far more indicators and and different mm-hmm. different things so yeah i i don't know i think the lowest level is the five panel though yeah, yeah, I think it is, and I think they're probably testing more stringently than that because of what they're looking for, and they're, I know they're sending stuff away to labs, and yeah. I would think that because they're sending it away to labs, they're doing more than just a five panel. I would think so. You know? Yeah, I, and you'd have to with all the, with all the stuff Dr. Bosch was cooking up. <laughs> yeah. Et cetera. Yeah, well, and, <laughs> and the stuff that's shown up in drug tests as far as, like, specifically which which steroid they're showing up for. 
Right. You know? you, so, yes, I don't know. that's what I mean. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't though. Know, I, but I hope. Go ahead. So oxy, oxycodone's pain reliever. That yeah. lends a certain amount of credibility to your thesis, your your proposition that maybe he was coming to support spring training. But, at, I mean, we can speculate all day long on where the drugs were going, but that is the most interesting. Well, and here's the thing, too. Um, Tyler Skaggs, you know, with the Angels, he passed away last year, two years yeah. ago, was it? Yeah, two um, years ago. It was because of because of opioids like oxycodone right and and he you know he had a problem and that that's what ultimately led led to his death and i wonder if actually no i don't wonder i've i've heard different people say that um that baseball players and athletes in general taking uh taking opioids is not uncommon not just for the pain relieving aspect but also to help them wind down after a game so they can get to sleep quickly that's using right. them as sleep aids right there's a sleep you know, aid so thing. so oxycodone i know for a fact is a problem because we've we've seen it it's been for addressed sure. in the last two years for sure you know but but i i do wonder about the meth side like that's really what what caught my eyes like oxycodone okay yeah i see that but the meth i don't know yeah i don't know about that Not either sure. that might have been a bulk a bulk buy bulk purchase you know <laughs> two for one kind of buy thing. 21 pounds of meth <laughs> You will throw in some oxy, you know. I don't know. <laughs> it was a it was a spring spring cleaning spring spring clearance sale spring training the spring training special right cactus cactus league yeah. cactus league special <laughs> it's like a blue light special but for Arizona <laughs> <laughs> might have been I don't know I don't know. But anyways, That's let's bad. end with this. Let's go on to <laughs> let's go on to Salvador Perez for the Royals signed a four year extension worth eighty two million dollars. Now, Brig, he's a guy who I thought had been around like he's been around for a long time. I thought he was yeah. way older. He's only thirty. Thirty years old. Yeah, but you're right. I mean his career has taken somewhat of a decline. Yes, and he's still a gold glover. Well, is he? Yeah, I think he won the gold glove last year, didn't he? Did he? Really? Hold on. Am I thinking of the same Let's same Let's find person? out. All right. Anyway, <laughs> if because if that's the case, then I'm either I'm far off or I'm thinking of somebody else because th- this mm. cuz he's got a fifth-year team option though worth 13.5 million dollars and a, that includes mm-hmm. a 2 million dollar team buyout, right? Yes, it does. So, so that makes the contract worth about $95 million. Yeah, total 95 depending on how they play it, right, at, at that fifth year. Yeah. Uh, a team option yeah. for that fifth year at 13.5 is not so bad. So let's do the math. He's 30, you say. That puts him at 35. That's a pretty good deal for him. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. What does that break down to annually? Does do, do, Did you do the math on that annually? I mean, uh, no, it's not even. It's it's not a. It's prorated and deferred and all that stuff, right? Yeah, it's. It, he's got a certain amount coming every year. Like I want to say it's like twenty twenty two, and um, I want to say it. I mean, it's about twenty one million dollars, about twenty to twenty one million dollars a year. Yeah. Um, is about what they're is about what they're doing there. So he did not win the Gold Glove last year. It was Roberto Perez. 
with the Indians. But this is the thing, is that I do know that Salvador Perez has been injured over the last couple of years. Right. So, like you said, his it has to he has taken a bit of a decline. But he, like you said, he's only thirty. I mean, yeah, but 30. he's a, he's a good hitter. Yeah. So they could DH him. Right. And that that they have the option for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and I wonder best... if that's part of the reason they gave him four years of the fifth year option. Right. And that but that's what I'm saying. It's a good deal for him because. At 30, he's looking – I mean, we're we're getting on the end of this thing for him, especially with the injuries mm-hmm. yeah. and everything that's going on. Like, this is this is great. <laughs> I hope the team gets as much out of him as he's getting out of them, honestly, with this deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seriously. And I say that lovingly. I say that for the fans because that's what – the Royals fans, they need that. They need somebody – they need the old Salvador Perez who, who's who really can deliver on all this. They need him to stay healthy. We don't want this to be a situation where he's just getting taken care of by the team because he's been right. you know, faithful soldier or whatever that kind of that kind of mentality well, or whatever. I, I want to say he's like the last guy from that World Series team too. Right, I, he's got to be one of them. Right, Mary Field retired. Yeah, I, I can't. I don't know anybody else who was on that team still. Yeah. But that lends itself to one of our favorite topics, which is the X Factor stuff, right? That that clubhouse guy oh, yeah. that knows how to win, can motivate the team, got some vintage. You know, I think that's awesome. So, I mean, there's some value mm-hmm. there in the deal as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think I think they know how to get it out of him. And like you said, good clubhouse guy for sure. I've never heard anything bad about him. Mm-mm. So I, th- I think that, that goes a long way with it. Yeah, but especially. let's go ahead and take a break. When we get back, we're going to give our Cleveland Indians Mount Rushmore. No matter which ballpark you're at, you want to rep your team. Now you can with Nine Plus Us. Welcome to the Big City Series. With every design available in your team's colors, you can fit in with the home crowd or stand out on the road. Either way, we have the colors you crave. Shop the Big City Series and find designs that rep your favorite baseball podcast cheer from the cheap seats and much more shop the big city series only at nineplusus.com welcome back baseball family we decided that now was a just a terrific time to get into another mount rushmore episode so brad and i decided we're going to attack the cleveland indians and give you a breakdown of what we think the four best players on the Cleveland Indians' entire history would be. We're very excited about this. Right, Brad? We are very excited. And you know what, Brig? I think full disclosure is due on this, that this was much harder for both of us than we thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Because personally, I don't, I didn't know anything about the Indians, hardly pre-1995 when they played the Mariners in the ALCS. Um, I could pretty much tell you that entire 95 roster top to bottom because I watched them for six games and they've been stuck in my mind ever since. (laughs) Um, but before that, I didn't know anything about them besides, you know, major league. Right. Right. And for me, there's only really one. I knew one thing about them pre 1995, but I'm with you. I'm very similar. So, and we'll, and we're definitely going to get into the one thing I knew about them. That was pre-1995. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And you know what, Brig? I don't even know how old I was, but I was far older than I should have been when I found out that Bob Euchre is not actually the play-by-play guy for the Indians. <laughs> right. Right. 
Uh, that was like was sorely disappointed. Was like six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well have been. It feels that way, does it not? <laughs> it does. <laughs> yes, sir. I yeah. agree with you. Oh man, that's funny. So should right. we should we work? We're gonna the way we do these Mount Rushmore episodes, baseball family, is we we move in no particular order. This is such a tedious experiment trying to figure out who ranks where and you know why. And uh, ultimately, it comes down to these are the four best in no particular order. So, right, Brad, why don't you give us your first selection, not your first choice. First, just the first name on your list. First selection, first choice. Okay, so I'm going to go with Kenny Lofton on my Mount Rushmore. Um, he, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's not a Hall of, Fam- Hall of Famer, but to me, like having watched the Indians in the, in the mid to late 90s, he was an iconic piece to those teams that were very, very good. Yes. Um, I mean, he led the league in stolen bases 92, 93, 94, 95, and 96, and had a total of 452 stolen bases with the Indians of his 622 career stolen bases. Which- and. Gold Glover, four-time sure. Gold Glover, and you know he has a, he had a highlight where he jumped up on the on the fence just like most guys back then or now I guess, uh, robbing a, a big very important home run. Um, yeah. To me, he had a strong defensive presence in the outfield, strong offensive presence as a guy who could get on base and score runs for you. I mean, he was the Willie Mays Hayes of real life. You know, <laughs> that's the, that's exactly he was, he was going to do it all for you. The Willie Mays Hayes. Oh man. This is not going to be the so, last major league reference. No, <laughs> sorry, we've already had two. Not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but yeah. So Kenny Lofton is my first choice for Mount Rushmore. That's great. That's terrific. Ready for the overlap we're about to experience? Yes, go ahead. It's not. It's not Kenny Lofton. For those of you wondering, okay, my the 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 name I could one of the names I could not get away from was Jim Tomey. I just can't, you can't talk about Cleveland without talking about Jim Tomey, and I don't think that will come as any surprise to people. Five time All Star, Hall of Famer, he's Silver Slugger Award winner, seventy two point nine WAR. Okay, that's that's huge. Now the best thing for me about Jim Tomey and his career in Cleveland was that nobody cared about Jim Tomey when he was coming up. In fact, he spent a bunch of time in the minor leagues, bounced around here and there, uh, worked on this, worked on that. They actually moved his official position to first base late um, when he was up and back and forth, back and forth, back and forth between AAA and major leagues. So uh, for me, his kind of Cinderella story, his redemption is as much of a testament to, to his career as, as his statistics are. And I think it's awesome. And he's a great, just a, I, I think he was signed by Cleveland right out of high school. And then he went to Juco or something for a while. And then he came back and was signed by Cleveland again, something like that. I mean, they, they had his, their eye on him for a really long time. And I just think that, uh, I just think he's great. Plus that, 
that look on his face is just so just it's just perfect <laughs> right beneath chief water it is I, I won't i can't get into it but yeah. if you know what i mean you know what i mean you know what i mean <laughs> you know i know what you mean because brig he was actually my next guy yeah on my list you're right the overlap i knew for it sure and you know what like you said hall of famer and you know one of the things that always drove me crazy i hated jim Tomey as a player absolutely hated him because you knew that if he was up and the indians or you know later on the phillies or whoever he was playing for white Sox, if yeah. they needed a home run if they needed a home run he was gonna hit it yeah he did every time he wouldn't do it otherwise typically because he wasn't like a big home run guy which is funny to say because i mean he had seasons where he hit 49 52 47, 47 yeah 42 but those are kind of outlier seasons. Like he was, you know, a thirty home run guy and and yeah, a twenty home run guy. Five thirty, yeah, yeah. But if they needed it, he always had it in him. Clutch player, man. Always, for sure. Always had it in him. He was absolutely clutch. And I just, I get so mad every single time <laughs> he'd come up like Kelly. They need a three run home run right now. He's gonna hit it. He's gonna. I just know he's gonna hit it. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, just based alone for me off the eye test, based on what I I saw of the guy. That's yeah, and but it's I, that that I mean that speaks to our ninety five ish progression with Cleveland. But again, mm-hmm. it's hard to get away from it. The statistics speak for themselves. You can't argue with seventy two point yeah. nine WAR. You just can't. That's what the statistic is it's built true. for. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I think I think Jim Tomey definitely belongs on. The Indians, Mount Rushmore, hundred percent. Thank you, thank you very much. Okay, Brig, we've done two of mine. Why don't you go ahead and do one of yours, and then we'll take a break. Okay, now I'm going to come at you with some kind of interesting statistics first before I tell you anything about this player. Okay, um, okay. Biographically, I mean, uh, career WAR one thirty four point two. Just let that sink in. One thirty four point two. We're talking. 10,195 at-bats, 3,500 hits, 117 home runs, a lifetime batting average of 345, on-base percentage 428, slugging at 500 OPS, 928. I'm talking center fielder Tris Speaker. Tris Speaker played in – he played from 1907 to 1928. 22-year career, and he was with Cleveland for, excuse me, let me get back to my notes here. He was with Cleveland (laughs) for, from 1916 to 1926, so full 10 years with the club, and uh, just during that period when he was with the club, he boasted a 74.19 war. So, again, that was 1,500 games. Um, 6,600 plate appearances, on and on and on. And the guy is just an all-star. <laughs> I mean, come on. Seriously. Yeah. Tristan Those are legit there. numbers, especially during the time. Yeah. And, I mean, this is dead For ball sure. era. This is dead ball. Yeah. So, the, that's yep. crazy. He led the league in games played in 1914. And in hits that same year, he led the game in doubles uh, a bunch of years. I mean, we're talking 1912, 
1916, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, and 23. RBIs. He he was he pulled in 130 RBIs in 1923, led the league that year. This is he was an MVP one time. Um, he's in the Hall of Fame, three-time World Series champion, batting title champion. Whew. I mean, if we had guys like this today, the whole the game would be totally different. <laughs> this yeah. I feel like this is these are insane numbers. So, anyway. well, and it's crazy you mentioned that because now you've got guys winning the batting title, but their teams don't win. <laughs> exactly. <You know? laughs> yes, it's astonishing. It's yeah. almost like everybody should get a trophy or something. It's almost like there should be a salary cap to protect the owners from themselves. I don't know. Nah, come but. on, Brad. <laughs> it's almost like the collective bargaining know. agreement should be renegotiated at the end of the season or something. <laughs> <laughs> Along the same vein, yeah. With a suggestion so. like that. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break. When we get back, we're going to have our two final Mount Rushmore guys each. I'm Jason. And I'm David. And we're the hosts of the Non-North Sports Podcast. We're the home of sports talk for everyone. Join us bi-weekly as we talk about the happenings in sports. You can find the Non-North Sports Podcast on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you find your podcasts. Welcome back, baseball family. So we... As per usual, overlapped on one of our Mount Rushmore members, um, inductees. Is that the is that the right word? Inductees, I think. Not nominees. Know. Anyway, maybe we maybe we're only nominating them. I don't know. <laughs> at at best, that's all the power we have. Is <laughs> that's to nominate. what I was going to say. How much authority <laughs> are we going to bestow upon ourselves <laughs> by royal decree? <laughs> <laughs> the lady of the lake extended forth her head anyway okay <laughs> all right i went first last time brig i want you to go first again i know it's basically like you're doing three in a row but i want i want you to do the next one all right i have no problem with that i am okay. gonna go with i'm in fact i'm gonna tease you the same way i did last time i'm gonna give you some statistics before i did okay. anything this player standing six one Weighing in at 195 pounds. No, it's we got a career war of 107.3. Career batting average 338, 82 home runs. Now, now listen, 82 home runs, that's small. All right, I know that. But I like small ball. And we're going back to the dead ball era for Naplajois. Mm -hmm. I wanted to guess it. I knew who it was because I had yes. him too. Did you have Naplajois <laughs> as well? I have Nap LaJoy as well. Yes, now it's I do. Not LaJoy. No, it's LaJoie. LaJoie. Are you sure? Yes, it's a French name. <laughs> also, the I pronunciation guide. The pronunciation guide on baseballreference.com listed as Nap LaJoie, which it is does. what right. I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Some people say Nap LaJoie. Now that's fine. Because it's also referenced on baseballreference.com, but it's it's Lejoie. That's how it's pronounced. I should read a pronunciation guide for once in my life. It's You're right. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but you had him too. He's your number three guy as well. Well, he was on the list. I was going to. Well, that's do him what last, I mean. It was the fine. third one you were going to reveal. Well, I I was going to do him last, but it's okay. We can do him now. 
Okay. Um, Let's do them now. So this is this is the thing. This is the thing that I have with Nap Lejoie, is that okay. Not only is he a Hall of Famer, he won a Triple Crown, three-time batting title, but he was a player manager for the Cleveland Indians. Right. And not only that, but here's the thing. Let me pull it up real quick. I got to switch windows here on my phone real quick. So he was a player manager for a number of years. Uh, I say as I filibuster while I scroll down. Uh, he <laughs> so he was a manager starting in 1905 and was a manager until 1909, and he was also a player during that time. And then he kept playing beyond. Um, looks like he was their best player in 1910, but he was the best player and the manager at the same time. That right. takes a lot of work. You've got to oh, be man. really good to be able yes. to do both of those and also be the best player. In uh, let's see, it was I've got nineteen, nineteen oh six, oh seven, and oh nine. He was the best player and the manager. Stunning. Like, that's legit. That's legit. That's that's that's. And insane. having coached baseball, I can't imagine playing and coaching. No, for sure. And so he played with Cleveland from 1902 to 1914. And here's what kills me. He was age 27 to age 39 when he was playing for Cleveland during that period. So this gets it gets even better. He played second base, first base, and shortstop during that period while he was a manager for part of it. Now, that's a utility infielder. Think about it. That's we have a utility infielder who split in time as a manager for at least a few years in there. He still manages a seventy nine point ninety six WAR during that time period. I mean, this is crazy. Guy hit thirty four home runs, drove in nine hundred nineteen RBIs just in his time in Cleveland. Stole two hundred forty bags. Come on, it's insane. This is yeah, insane. That would be like having, that would be like having uh, Mike Trout manage or Francisco Lindor. There you go. Or even Mookie Betts managing the Dodgers. There you go. Yep, it would like, be. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, no, it would be like it would be like uh, DJ LeMahieu managing at the same time. Last season, the season there you before, winning the Silver yeah. Slugger nomination for Golden Glove. You know what I mean? In the runnings for MVP all at the same time. Yeah. Oh, man. Yep. These names, else, man. This, this kind of stuff is what makes me want, like, when people ask me if you could go back and watch anybody play, it's guys like this I want to watch. Yes, I would like to see the manager see him out on second base signaling to the batter or even the third base coach what he wants, right. you know, I'm going to steal, so this is the sign. Here's, here's what you're going to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. That would be a lot of fun to watch. It would be a whole lot of fun to watch. I do miss the days, and by that I mean I never saw them, but I long for the days of player coaches in any sport because, like, Bill Russell was a player coach for the Boston Celtics. Right. And I would have yeah. loved to have seen that. Yeah. Like, coach, you got to come out. No, no, I'm good. You stay on the bench. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but it's yeah, pretty great. That's the kind of stuff I would like to see. Nap le joie. All right, or le joy, depending on your level of no, French. Man, no, <laughs> <laughs> knock it off. This is a 
cultural program. <laughs> it is. It is. It's the joie. Okay. I have one more uh, because, like I said, Nap Le Joie was on my list. Um, and I bet we're going to overlap on this one as well, Brady. Oh, man. If we don't, I'll be – it would be insane. <laughs> okay. All right. My last one is a pitcher. <laughs> You don't and say. you already know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> Six feet tall, coming in at 185 pounds. Yes, sir. Um, Hall of Famer. Did not play from 1942 to 1944. That's right. This is Bob Feller. Bob Feller. Triple crown winner. Yeah. Well, he's, he's one of the greatest pitchers of all time. Oh, I mean, we man. We both watched fastball. The documentary Fastball, when they talk about Bob Feller and how hard he threw, how great of a pitcher he was. And, you know, we've we've talked about pitchers winning the Cy Young and the MVP, and he was top five for the MVP, won four times. Yep. Triple you know, crown winner. Maybe you should have won it. Eight-time All-Star, World Series in 1948. He won the ERA title and the Major League Player of the Year. One year. Just, it's astonishing. But this is a great example mm-hmm. of where war will come and bite you. It's got a 63.4 war. It's, it's much lower than some of the people we've been talking about on this list. Career yeah, ERA of like 3.25, Right, exactly. And that's a career career ERA of 3.25. Here's that's the big one for you, though, Brick. Yeah, go ahead. Here's a big one for you, strikeouts. <laughs> Starting in third 1938, we had 240, 246, 261, 260. Took three years off. It uh, looks like for World War II. Came back, pitched 1945, had 59 results, but 1946 was right back at it. 348, 196, 164. Oh. And, those, and he led the league in all of those. Yeah, for seven. He played for 18 years. That's seven seasons. Well, yeah. Sorry, not I seven straight, but, but yeah, seven seasons yeah, seven out seasons. of his 18-year career led the league in strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And in in 1946, he started 42 games, had 36 complete games, 10 shutouts, and somehow did not win the MVP that year. I don't know how. <clears throat> Okay, you ready for this? He'd be a runaway with it for now, but yeah, go ahead. He threw three no-hitters, three, 12 one-hitters. That's insane. He holds the club record for strikeouts at 2,581, and he has a club record for innings pitched at 3,827. I mean, that's that's crazy. He's got the club record for wins at 266 over 162. And this is the best part. Ready for this? I found this. You're going to love this. Okay. The Indians signed. This is from uh, ClevelandSportsTalk.com. The Indians signed Bob Feller as a teenager for $1 and an autographed baseball. <laughs> yep. That's right. <laughs> He made his major league debut as 17 years old in 1936. Mhm. And how did his this is cheeky. How did his debut go? question mark. 
he struck out 15 batters. <laughs> of course he did. Oh, man. Okay, That's so crazy. On. That's crazy to think about. This a seventeen year old doing that? You don't have. I mean, how many how many young how many young kids go that long in their major league, face fifteen batters in their major league debut now? No, please, and they're not seventeen, not even close. They're twenty one. No, not at least. Not so twenty three, twenty four. Exactly. So okay, on opening day nineteen forty, Bob Feller became the first and only pitcher to ever throw a no hitter on opening day. He threw a no-hitter on opening day in 1940. That is just bonkers. That's, that's Mid-season form. Mid-season form. That's what that was. I can't even believe it, man. He owns yeah, every I... pitching record in club history. Every single one. Which isn't surprising. I mean, part of that is because he pitched for the, he pitched for the Indians for 18 years. Um, especially sure. now, we don't see that as, with guys who are – top tier pitchers yep um especially with the indians because they actually said this week that they couldn't afford to build a team around around francisco lindor and that's why they traded him yep you know so they're definitely not gonna do that with a pitcher they're not gonna keep him around but these these uh these club records are gonna stand forever these ones for cleveland for sure oh yeah never gonna change yeah yeah yep. definitely that they'll, they'll always be bob feller for that reason well an 18 anyways, year career with the same team that's also unheard of these days pretty cool i love that yeah yeah it is that doesn't happen often anymore either uh mm -hmm. we'll see it with mike trout but yeah i can't think of anybody off the top of my head who else that will happen with but yeah, you're right um brig before before you wrap us up let's let's do this baseball family we want to know who you think belongs on the cleveland indians mount rushmore am i way off base with, with uh, kenny lofton or does he belong let us know we want to hear who you think belongs on that the Mount Rushmore, especially if you're an Indians fan, because you have a better understanding of the team and the history than we do. Um, we did obviously a pretty superficial research based on our knowledge of 1995 and on, <laughs> and what we saw statistically through the years. So let us know if there's somebody in that gap that we missed who belongs on the Mount Rushmore instead of, say, Kenny Lofton or even Jim Tomey. I don't know. Let us know. Uh, submit to the mailbag on baseballtogether.com. Don't forget to jump on the shop at 9plusus.com. It's N-I-N-E-P-L-U-S-U-S dot -S -S com to check out all the gear we're wearing. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see I'm wearing my NC Dinos-inspired Baseball Together t-shirt. It says Kachi Yagyu Hei, which says Baseball Together in Korean. Very excited about that. And uh, we'll be bringing you more on the shop when things change. Things are changing. It's very exciting as well. And uh, now that the season started, don't forget to jump on there and grab yourself something nice. For sure. Absolutely. And don't forget also to like, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Like I said, submit to the mailbag, send your questions in. We have a few that uh, actually came in after, like within an hour or two of us finishing our mailbag episode last time. That's right. So we're going to get to those. We're going to be getting to more mailbag questions here coming up, coming up soon. Uh, submit to the mailbag and we'll give you a shout out we'll answer your questions and your comments and your Snyder marks whatever you send our way and baseball family we'll catch you next week mm -hmm.